Hello, friends. I'm Marley Bird, and you're listening to The Lovecraft Show. Hello, everybody. Hello. I just wanted to say, uh, before we start, <laughs> um, a little while before lockdown, my wife and I went to a magic show, and there was this teenage magician who kept doing the same trick over and over. Like, he would disappear and then appear at the back of the room, come on stage, disappear again, appear at the back of the room, come on stage again, disappear and my wife kept asking me how he was doing it and why he kept repeating the same trick. And I said, it's just a stage he's going through. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's the Lovecraft Show. My name's Mr. X-Ditch. And I'm Berrien. And oh, are we excited now to have... Start, I was like, on a high. Where, what are we going with this? Like, is uh, the guy out of breath? Like, what's happening? Like, I... I I love it. to my world. I just, I love Won't it. Won't you come on in? Hey, everybody! We've got Marley Bird. Is we've got Marley Bird? Wow! Oh my God, Marley! We have been waiting for you for so long. <laughs> so long. You sound like my husband. He's like, I'm always waiting on you. You're always late. No, <laughs> <laughs> but don't you always find? Um, no disrespect, Jamie, to husbands around the world. But when the husbands always say this to the wives, it's actually the husbands that take the longest. To get um, ready. No, I take a long time. Okay. <laughs> you don't get looking like this, like that. Like, I wish. No, <laughs> I'm just joking. No, I really do. I take forever. You know what it is? It's the curse of being like an optimist. I think I have, I'm like, oh, I've got enough time to do that. I've got enough time to do that. And, and then I, I run out of time and I'm like, well, shoot. <laughs> so, yeah. On behalf I'm of all the husbands the of the world, I'd like to say that we do still love you, though. Thank you. Oh, thank excellent. you. <laughs> um. Oh, I'm, I'm just so excited. I can't even think straight. So, Marley, now that we've got you, oh, my God, there's so many things we want to ask you. But, okay. I mean, you you are the busiest woman in the world. <laughs> I don't know about that. I am pretty busy. I am pretty busy. Um, it's my personality, you know. I just, I just want to – the optimist thing, you know. It's like, oh, I could do that. I could do that. And then just making sure that – Everything I do comes together and like my income pie is very complete. Lots of colors coming in and <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. It's, it's not for the faint of heart. No, it really isn't. Cause you know, what amazes me is every time I look up and I see you ping up on something, it's a make along, it's a pattern collection, it's a new yarn. It's a, but I mean, so many make alongs and projects on a really regular basis. Those things take a lot of planning. And they're very yeah. difficult to do. How do you have some kind of Harry Potter time turner? Oh gosh, I wish. You know what? I have a Harry Potter time turner uh, keychain that oh. one of my best friends, designer Anne Burke, who is famous for Anne Tarja. She does a lot of in Tarja. Oh wow! So yeah. she went to Disney World and found a time turner. She's like, I know who needs this, and she mailed it to me. So I have a keychain. Um, no, I just. I have, uh, for a long time, I had a really good uh, assistant that worked with me, and we just kept a really good schedule and a team that really encouraged everything together. Since then, Caitlin has left to go work with another company, and so I just hired a new executive assistant, a new content person, a new Facebook per- like, there's so many people, and I just, I feel sorry for them coming into this time of year to work for me. I'm like, oh. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> this is, it won't be this crazy all the time, although spoiler alert it really is like I'm just like no it's only this crazy right now and it's like no it's it's really always this crazy um yeah I mean I guess my my secret is the team behind me not only the ones that work directly with me but the contractors the testers all of the people that I work with I 
could not do this alone. I, there's no way to keep the schedule I keep alone. Do you find that people still think that you do it all alone, though? Um, Some people do. There are some people, I, I always actually, I get very flattered when people will watch the YouTube channel and like I, I video everything myself. I edit everything myself. I do all that myself. And so when people are like, you know, your team that are editing, they could do this, they could improve this. And I'm like, oh, you think I have a team? You're so cute, <laughs> you know, that's so precious. Um, but no, on the other side, I think enough of my followers know that, you know, I have contractors that help me. I have tech editors that help me. I have, you know, the people out there. But um, the newbies are the ones that they're like, wow, she's just like, does she ever put her hook down? When in reality, I rarely get to pick up my hook or my knitting needles. It's just, it's just the nature of the job. This is the thing. We were talking about this a bit earlier. Yeah. When you work in this yarn industry, it's very difficult to then knit and crochet for pleasure and to have the time to do it when there's not something else waiting in the wings. Mm -hmm. it, is, it is. And I find that very frustrating because I, you know, you love knitting and you love crochet and you want to make things and you want to just go flying off without a pattern and just, but where is the time? No, it's just not there anymore. Not even just that, but it's no more like I just get to grab some yarn and needles or a hook and just, just play anymore. Like that's really before I became a real designer. That's kind of what I did. And now I'll start doing that. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm not going to write this pattern. And then I'm just like, I really should write this pattern. Like this, <laughs> this, this, this time I'm spending doing this should not be wasted. I should be using this. And so then everything I do ends up becoming work. Now, having said that, I do want to preface all of this in the sense that if I won the lottery tomorrow, I would still do this. Like, mm. I love what I do. There is no doubt about it. I am not complaining about the complexity of my job or the busyness of my job. I love that. I thrive off of that. Um, I, I really do love it so much. My husband always laughs at me. He's like, well, if we won the lottery, I'm not working anymore. So I'm going to be <laughs> on vacations. You can do what you want to do, but I'm not going to be working anymore. And I'm like, that's all right. Just I love what I do. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, mm. and I I think I'd be the same that I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to stop. Yeah. I did win the lottery about I'm worth about four point nine billion pounds. I just don't really <laughs> tell that's anybody. Amazing. Yeah, that's I know, amazing. I'm still here. You are a catch. That's <laughs> what you are. A catch. That's, that's right, ladies. That's right. <laughs> I have to tell you, I have to tell you, Marley, you see that lovely jumper that uh Oh yeah that jamie's wearing his oh, mum yes. made that for him oh no i'm gonna talk really? about your lovely jumper in a minute yeah, yeah jamie's mum made that and she's our most favorite listener <laughs> this that's the, awesome yeah. it's quite a first i don't normally well i mean a lot of the time we're just audio anyway but i don't normally bust out the knitwear but i thought it's the end of our first season we've got you on it's a jumper that my mum made and it's also gunmetal gray the color of my soul so therefore, it's perfect. I just thought, I've got to wear it. I'm absolutely boiling in it, if I'm honest. But it looks No, good. it's hilarious. From it one... looks really lovely on you. I actually thought, I wondered if you knit it. I, do you see? Now, I'm, I don't do knitting or crochet. I'm yet, very much yet. a sort of... St yet, yeah, yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not averse to it, but it's just circumstantial. I mean, as to allude to our earlier point, I'm so busy serving the world of contemporary embroidery as its kingpin that I don't even get any time to do any cross-stitch. So... You know, I just do like magazine editing as fun and stuff like that. Or talking on here. Yeah. My creative pursuits are very limited. So no. I get it. I get it. But one day. One day, but from one jumper to another jumper. Mm. I would just like to point out, if mm. anybody has noticed Marley's deeply gorgeous crochet sweater that she has yes. on there. Which I <laughs> spotted the second she appeared. <laughs> you did, didn't you? And what the reason that? I did is because I was watching her the other day. I was, I was, no, I was looking on... Um, 
I think it might have been an email, and you had that amazing Yarnspiration Swan Show on a mannequin. Oh, the like, brown oh, one. Yeah, it's in the other room. I could have so brought it in. Nice. Right? Is that so lovely? When you appeared on the screen, I thought, oh, has she got the Swan Show? But no, even better. Tell us about the jumper because it's, well, sweater. So because this new yarn called Burnout Plentiful came out, I don't have the wrapper on it, but I could show you one of the balls. It's it's huge. I mean, it's as big as my head. I mean, it's massive. <laughs> that is um, it is It is very large. It's a large <laughs> ball of yarn. It's so much. I wanted to design a couple pieces using that yarn, you know, just so as people are looking for patterns because Yarnspirations always puts out patterns using their new yarns. I wanted to have a couple myself. So I'm in the process of knitting one. My friend, tech editor, colleague, uh, cohort in design, Robin Chachula and I collaborated on this one and she crocheted this one and sent it to me. And so it's it's one of those like popular cropped sweaters that you wear over top of like a tunic or a, a uh, what is this called? A dress or whatever. So that's what it is. So I'll show you like it's Oh, it's so cool. Oh, I just love it so much. Like, so it has mosaic stitches because I love yep. mosaic. And oh, then I'm tall. Too. Like, I'm real tall. I'm 5'10". And so I like three-quarter length sleeves just because the sleeves are never long enough for me. They just never are. And so it's just, it's like the perfect, comfortable little sweater. This pattern hopefully will be out the first week of October. Uh, we have people testing it right now, testing the pattern in other sizes. The beautiful thing with it is it takes one ball of yarn for all of the sizes. Now, having said that, it's two colors. You're like, wait a minute, how could be one ball? So it's one ball of each color, but when you buy the two balls, you could get two sweaters. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes, because you could just reverse it, couldn't you? Yeah, you need the two balls for the color work, but you can get a full sweater with just one if you didn't want to even do the color work. It's just you'd have a lot of yarn. But this is it. So this will this will be released the first week of October. And then whenever I get the knit version done. Should I show you the number? I'm, I'm no further oh. than where I was. But it's the same concept. It's a crop sweater with some stranded work on the bottom. And I have stranded on the sleeves too. This one is actually long sleeve because I wanted something a little bit different. But yeah, that's what that is. And we talked about this earlier, but I think this is so important, especially in this day and age when we're all, you know, counting the pennies because every, you know, so many people have lost their jobs and it, it's just a very tight time for everyone brilliant to get a jumper a sweater out of one ball and yeah yeah like you say it's twenty dollars for yeah. a sweater and a unique sweater that you'll have for ever yeah gorgeous and it's super warm <laughs> like I'm I'm actually warm in the sweater the other day I was doing a live and I just had a cowl on like an, an infinity scarf I guess is what they called it and I wasn't I mean I was warm but I wasn't like overly warm but like right here in the sweater like it's it it's holding some heat in, so <laughs> this is quite nice. It probably you probably don't want it any longer than a cropped because you'd be like, "Geez, I don't know if I'd ever wear it." It's hot. Uh, I think but it's anything very anything soft. with a halo tends to yes. really bring the warmth in. Because even Absolutely. if you even if you made something with mohair, when it's like a lace weight, even that is very warm just mm -hmm. with that sort of halo. Yeah, because they wow. fill in that negative space that the lace creates. And so you it, it insulates, it keeps things very warm. So the fact that this has um, acrylic and wool and I think a nylon in it, I think those are the three things in it. And also, Hi. sorry, what, Jamie? Go on, put your hand up. Sorry, newbie question time. So first yes. of all, what's a swan show? Second of all, what's a halo? Okay, so here, let's grab this. <laughs> Can you see how there's like a... 
like almost like a fuzz to the uh, yarn. Okay, okay? Yeah. so that's like it's a halo. It's like if you were to look at it, it's sort of that like blur. It's that beautiful, not high definition. It kind of blurs things out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But you get a bit nervous around candles if you're wearing one of those kind of it, Yeah, you, well, you could. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's a little bit tricky to knit and crochet with because the halo, especially with this one, it's a little bit longer. It wants to stick to the stitch previous to it. So it makes pulling out difficult. And I mean, just as you're knitting along, you just have to be a little bit careful with it. Swancho, it's a poncho essentially with sleeves. With like some uh, arms. So like if it were a poncho and then it just has like this little like nubbin of a sleeve for your hands to go out. They're very popular. They're actually very comfortable. It's just a piece just to wear, an accessory piece to wear over something. I like that. I'm to, every yeah. episode I try and gen up on a bit of the technical stuff. Awesome. So that there I know you go. Well, now about. you know. <laughs> every, every episode I say to Jamie, what you need is a poncho. We have this every time. Every That's time. What you need. Maybe you but need maybe a I need a swancho. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Maybe I have a well. I have a poncho over there. Can you see the blue poncho mm. over there? Very nice. That's actually it's really very comfortable and it's sort of asymmetrical. It's open on one side, so it's great. Like when you can fly, it's great when you're on the plane because you you have some movement, but you're still nice and covered up and insulated and stuff. It's it's. A wonderful piece it's comfortable you can hide you can hide a piece of cheese inside it without anybody <laughs> a noticing a piece of right? cheese yes 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 <laughs> i think that's important um people people are asking um what the colorway is on your sweater if you'd uh... um so this is the lavender fog on the top and on the bottom is oh i forgot the color it's the it's the only one that's like super bright and red um all of a sudden i can't think i'll think of the color hold on mm. i will look it up and i will let you know so this is London Fog, and then I know what this one. This one here is Mystic, and then the body of the knit one is Linen. So that's how that goes. I will look this up right here. So <laughs> Thanks I very can much. remember. You would think I would remember, but but you've got so much going on. Like I don't remember yeah, what I had yes. for breakfast, and I literally just had breakfast. So, <laughs> <fair enough>. <laughs> so <laughs> did you say that was? Did you say lavender fog or London fog? Lavender fog. Lavender yeah. fog. Because when you said London fog, I thought Jamie might have broken into his old Londoner voice, which no doubt will come. <laughs> I love. I love a bit of lavender fog. <laughs> Reminds me back when I was a lad. <laughs> You know, you guys, I mean, that's like so cool. I, I don't know one accent from another. My One of my best <laughs> friends, if you can follow this here, I don't know if I've told you this before. She is my husband's stepdad's new wife. So she's sort of my stepmother-in-law. Sounds mm-hmm. like the worst like classification ever, but she's delightful. <laughs> but she's from Newcastle, England. Yeah. And so um, she has an accent. Her dad speaks Geordie. And so he comes out, he's saying something. I say, you're just talking gibberish. I have no idea yeah. what you're saying. Stop talking even, to me like that. Like, yeah, even we fair, don't fully we don't understand. understand them. Yeah, yeah. Take us back to how the legend of Marley Bird began, if you would. Oh, Can gosh. you tell us your entire backstory? Um, Sure. Uh, So... Gosh, where to where to start? Okay, spin forward. To, you don't have to start. I always say you don't have to start with there is a bright light and somebody's like, yeah, 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 <laughs> you can right. go past yeah. all of that. <laughs> um, I always wanted to learn to crochet. I used to watch my grandmother crochet whenever we'd go to Colorado to visit because I grew up for a time in Kansas, and we'd go to Colorado. I'd see my grandmother crocheting on this blanket at night, and I was like, I want to learn to do that. She's like, someday, honey, someday when you get older. So fast forward, I think I was 20 years old. I brought her up to college and I was showing her around. Uh, I had just switched colleges and I said, Grandma, the bingo parlors aren't open. I don't know what else to do. Why don't you show me how to crochet? So we went to that world famous yarn store called Walmart and I picked up a skein of Red Heart yarn and a boy crochet hook 
went home and she taught me how to do what was the single crochet, but it actually was the slip stitch. So, and those are US terms. Uh, so uh, I was working along. I'm like, this doesn't look like what I'm looking at on the internet because that's right when eBay started. And I mean, they were going way back in time. I'm old. So eBay had started. I got on eBay. I was looking up like anything I could find regarding crochet. And so I bought a bunch of crochet booklets for like needle arts something or other. I don't even know. I was just super excited to be holding on to some things that I could learn. And so I taught myself how to crochet everything else beyond that slip stitch that my grandma taught me and um, just fell in love with it. So then like I was a collegiate athlete. So whenever I was going to track trips and stuff, I always had a project with me that I would just be crocheting on. Um, rarely followed a pattern, which is funny. Like I usually use those books sort of as inspiration, but I just kind of went my own path. And then fast forward to when blogging really started to become a thing and somebody did a special on uh, Stephanie Pro McPhee and knitting. And I read her blog and I'm like, oh, socks, that would be really cool. So I went to Jill, my stepmother-in-law, to ask her to teach me how to knit. And she knits with the needle underneath her armpit. Oh, pit And she knitting. knits like this. Yeah. yeah. Like she's super wicked fast. But I'm a little well endowed and I had no room on my needle. And I'm like, I, there has to be another way. To which her response was, stop bragging. And I'm like, no, like I, I can't do this. I'm like, I, I don't know. What, I like, There's no space for anything to happen. So I was like, well, maybe knitting is just not going to be my gig. And my pastor's wife actually said, well, you're a crocheter, aren't you? And I said, yeah. She goes, let me show you how to continental knit. And she showed me and it just clicked with me. And so then my first project was a pair of socks because when you don't know it's supposed to be hard and you just do yeah. it you just do it exactly that yeah. right so I made socks I made a bunch of other things and I was really just in this zone of I want to do something in this yarn industry I was like I felt like this is my calling and I was an insurance and investments uh, specialist with Northwestern Mutual and one day I just wasn't happy and I was talking to my husband and I said I just I'm not happy he said well Let's figure out what will make you happy. So I quit my job, to which my <laughs> boss said, so what are you going to do now? And I said, I'm going to do something in the yarn industry. And I'm not even joking. He goes, that's a new one. <laughs> nice. Good oh, luck with that. He's a really great guy. He's a really great guy. But he was like, really? Like, really? <laughs> um, and so like to this day, he's still my insurance guy and, and investment guy. He's really awesome. But I left there. I started a blog. And at that time, you had to have a knit blog or a crochet blog. You couldn't really do one together. And I was like, this is too much work. That's kind of ironic that I said that. But I said, it's too much work. I said, it's not about the 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 knitting or the crochet. It's a yarn thing which is how the Yarn Thing podcast came to be because I started the Yarn Thing blog. A woman responded, you're really funny. You should do a podcast. So I Googled. <laughs> I actually asked Jeeves. Do you remember Jeeves? <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, yeah. So yes. I asked Jeeves, what is a podcast? And that just is where that went. So my very first podcast said, uh, here I go down the rabbit hole. Who wants to join me? And from one thing led to another. I started interviewing people. I put out into the world that I wanted to design. I talked to Robin Chichula and Drew Mborski about it, to which both of them said, if you want to do this, you need to go to the Needle Arts Association, the National Needle Arts Association. So it was like two weeks away. So I called Jill, my stepmother-in-law, who was all, who's also a designer, and was she was getting into it. And I said, I'm going to go to this event. Do you want to go? She's like, Marlena, that's my name. And she's like, Marlena, that's like two weeks away. I'm like, yep, do you want to go? We're going to go. We're going to do this. We're going to go. And <gasps> we went and 
the rest is really history. It's just been one thing after another because I honestly believe this is where I'm supposed to be. And so when you're you're doing what you're supposed to do, putting forth the effort to get to the places you need to go, I really feel like God just makes the path and makes it right there for you. And that's just where I've been for the last 14 years. So here I am today talking to you. <laughs> you've, you've achieved now. It's literally I downhill like it. from here. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> Also, I see what I love is that you become the, the spokesperson for these amazing yarn companies. So you get mm. all sorts of yarn to play with, and then you get your own yarn. Yeah. So yeah. tell us about Chic Chic, because <laughs> that is just the most Thank gorgeous you. stuff. Thank you. Before Yarnspirations purchased Red Heart, I was the spokesperson for Red Heart Yarns. And that relationship is really special to me. It was really great working with a wonderful group of people. And their plan was always to be like, okay, we're going to walk you through and grow your social media name as big as what your designer name is to the businesses. Does that make sense? Like, because it was like two different worlds. And I was I was trying to bridge that gap. And so they they took me on knowing that my social media reach wasn't as big as other people's, but they're like, you have the name behind you. We're going to we're going to grow with you. So their plan was always to eventually have a yarn line. And so three years into the five years, they were like, all right, let's it's time. And so they're like, what do you want to see in a yarn? I said, well, OK, so let's think about the consumer. A lot of the big box store consumers are afraid of wool because they think it's scratchy. They think it's going to itch. They think it's like yucky. So I'm like, the first thing you do when you go into a store, you see a new yarn, you usually will grab it. Right. And you like put it against your face or your neck and you're like, what does this feel like? So I needed to be something that was soft because I wanted a wool. So that led me to a merino wool. It's like, okay, great. And if I do it super wash, then they wouldn't be fearful of accidentally felting it. Mm. So I was trying to take away the fear from what the buyer would be or have. At the same time, give them that softness, that luxurious, luxurious feeling that they would appreciate. So that's where we came up with the washable merino wool. And then I put together colors that I noticed were all over the place when I was at different events. Like you would go by booths and they would be very muted, very neutral and natural colors. And then you'd go by a booth and it was like super bright in your face. So I said, I really kind of wanted to have both. So you'll notice there are, I think, nine shades of really neutrals. And then everything else is very big color. And that was so that you can mix and match them together. But it really brought in both worlds. And it explains my personality perfectly because that's where I am. Like, I love color. Color is am amazing. But I wear a lot of muted. I wear a lot of black. And so having those two colors together was important to me. So the original working name was Marley's Merino. And then <laughs> uh, it transferred into Chic Sheep, which is hard to say. <laughs> so Chic Sheep by Marley Bird in 24 different colors. It hit the stores. And now it's only available at Yarnspirations.com because a lot of these big box stores, they don't think wool sells. And so mm. they don't want to put it in the stores. So for whatever it is, it's $10 for a ball of yarn, 186 yards. It's a nice yarn at a good price. It's it's interesting. People who are very much yarn store yarn customers, right? Like I am too. So I'm not dissing that at all. But they realize, they recognize the value. But then there's the big box store where they're like, oh man, that doesn't look like it's very much yarn. So you, you kind of have to educate of 
hey, $10 for 100% washable merino yarn is a really good price. Like, this (laughs) is a great price. Gorgeous too. And I love it. I mean, I'm an absolute... It's very similar here, actually. In the UK, you get lots of people who are very passionate about natural fibres and they love wool and they all of that. And then you get an awful lot of people who are sort of acrylic all the way. And so they love those sort of acrylic, easy wash, easy care yarns. Mm -hmm. And they're Mm -hmm. a bit nervous of the natural fibres and things. But actually... We're seeing a lot more sort of crossovers now. So people, you know, a lot of wool and acrylic blends and cotton and wool blends. And, and they're brilliant because you get the best mm-hmm. of all those worlds. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I like acrylic yarn. I like I like all yarn. I mean, it all yeah, all too. yarn has its place. And like there's economic reasons like one person might only buy one yarn versus another yarn. And I often think to myself for people who are yarn snobs who have the luxury of being able to afford more expensive yarn, more natural fibers. I said, okay, you do that not only because the yarn is really luxurious and and lovely, but you enjoy working with it. You love this art that you're creating. Why would you begrudge somebody else who also has that that love of that art and that craft, but they can't afford what you're getting. They can afford this. We we have to provide something for them too because they have that love that you have also. So don't shame them for that. That's the most infuriating thing that I ever feel when I'm talking to people who are quote unquote yarn snobs. Cause I'm like, you know what? That's just not fair to say that. I mean, that's, that's how I feel. Yeah. And actually I was, I was something we were talking about the other day is that very often, you know, designers will design a sweater or something in a hand dyed, absolutely beautiful yarn that much merino wool and silk or whatever, mm-hmm. but it can cost hundreds of dollars, mm-hmm. hundreds of pounds to make yes. one sweater. Yeah. And so what I always feel, you know, we need to find a ways of subbing in, well, actually educating people on how to sub yarn is a good thing. Yeah. But yes. um, also designers need to be thinking about the customers and the makers and thinking, right, well, I'm going to make something that's accessible for everybody. So it's got however many skill levels and a yarn that's really affordable um, to, to give them that beautiful pleasure of creating something that yeah. they want to wear. Yeah. I mean, it's nice as designers to put out there like that pièce de résistance, right? It's like, look what you could make, you know, but it's it's unlikely a lot of people will make that. I made a sweater. I used to be the creative director for Bijou Basin Ranch Yak Yarn, a luxury yak fiber. It was beautiful, beautiful yarn. And I made a sweater. It was it was $400 to make this sweater, and it was the first time I ever steeped a sweater. <gasps> so not only am I designing a sweater, it's $400. Just, and then I'm steeking it, and I was like, I've never done this before. Steaking 100% yak. I've just got to translate for Jamie. Right? Yeah, well, it was sorry, yak and, that sounds it was really yak dodgy. Cormo. Yak and Cormo. You cut oh. your knitting on purpose oh, to my. create a cardigan. So I made <gasps> it in the round, cut it on purpose to make it a card. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful piece. But I mean, I was like, I have balls of steel here, man. I'm like, like, well, we're going to do this, you know? And yeah, we know that not a lot of people are going to make that piece in that yarn, but we wanted to showcase it and look what you can make. And so I feel like that's what a lot of designers can do as well. There's always that, you know, here's this really amazing piece of what you could do. And then here's, here's one that's a lot more affordable. Speaking of substituting yarns and stuff, not to give, like, I make no money off of this, but Clara Parks, her book of Knitter's Book of Yarn, I tell everybody they need to own that book, whether you're a knitter or a crocheter, because you can educate yourself and be um, a more responsible yarn buyer, no matter what kind of yarn store you go into, because it helps you understand the reason behind all the different yarns. And it just makes you a better knitter, better crocheter. It's, it's a fantastic book. Now, I was um, I was aware of the Bijou 
basin yak fibers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I did a bit. Of, and so I found out a few facts about yaks. Okay. If you will permit me, just I was yes. going to do a yak quiz, but I was like, no, that's a bit much. But, <laughs> but it turns out that yaks are the highest dwelling mammal in the world. Where mm-hmm. on average they live at eighteen thousand feet above sea level, but can actually live up to twenty three thousand feet above sea level. Wow. Male yaks can be up to six and a half feet high uh, and weigh up to two thousand two hundred pounds, which is two tons in whatever side of the pond you're talking. Uh, females generally about a third of the size turns mm-hmm. out and then my final fact is it turns out that yaks are naturally friendly but can be a bit sensitive about who milks them it seems and so it can take okay. a lot of time if you've got a yak farm it can take a lot of time for you to earn the trust of the yak so that yeah. it doesn't kick off at you but it turns out that one uh, useful way to soothe them is actually to play episodes of the lovecraft show which you can also <laughs> subscribe to on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you very much. That was the perfect plug. Carl and Eileen did have a working yak farm, and I will attest that they are very friendly animals. And Mm. um, I went there with the kids and stuff, and we would pet them and stuff. And uh, Carl always had a really good rapport with them, and it was really, it's really nice. I watched a video where he said that this was a retirement project, and he was like, oh, there's so much more work. It was. (laughs) Bijou Basin has since, um, they have actually retired now, so it's no longer in business. But he's a hoot. Like, he's a character but yeah it was it was their retirement business and then one day they were getting that fluff they the down and they were like i wonder what you could do with this and then they actually met buffalo wool company and they helped them and it's, it's just a whole story like you want that's an amazing story back back end of that but if i were to say what my favorite fiber like a, a yak and bamboo blend yarn with the yak down is hands oh. down my favorite it's so beautiful yak oh, and bamboo and so Marian, it's amazing <gasps> it's amazing you oh, get the softness of the yak the strength of the bamboo so like i told you i'm 510 i'm a size 2x 3x so i could make myself like a duster length sweater and it wouldn't grow on me because the bamboo would keep it in place i mean it's just it's so fantastic it's wonderful that almost oh, sounds like gorgeous. the waigu beef of yarn or something you know what i mean like that's like i mean there are there are these beautiful Gorgeous fibers, Jamie. I mean, and a lot of people love alpaca and llama and camel, and but yak is really supersonic. Yak is amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm possum. going full yak whenever I get into this. Hundred <laughs> percent yak. It's very warm. It's very, 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 very warm. You see, you've got to keep warm in the Himalayas. You know, they're they're, yes. they're in the snow. They need a yes. bit of uh, you know hollow fibers. Yeah, it now, is very, very warm. I want to just show you this because another thing we need to discuss is your teaching. Because okay. here, I'm just showing you this, oh, yeah. is my Judy's Magic cast on Look at that. sock, as learnt by me watching your video, which was amazing. Thank you. You changed her life. You changed her life. It did change my life. And I think actually the day after, because I did that the day after we spoke to you ages ago, the next day I was like, oh my God, everybody, look, Molly, Judy's, Judy's Magic cast on. I was so <laughs> excited. But That's funny. So you have this great gazillion episodes on youtube where you're teaching the world how to knit and crochet and your videos are so easy to follow that you know you feel like you're just chatting it through with a friend thank you and you're learning a new skill so what brought in the teaching where where did that start oh goodness um i think 
unbeknownst to me, I feel like I'm a natural teacher. I never expected it to be that way. But when I quit my jobs, we're going to go back to when I quit my job, I originally had thought to myself, maybe I'll open a yarn shop. And a yarn shop had just opened in my neighborhood. So I went in there and the owner was generous to give me some time and just was very frank with me about how much time it took her to do what she did. She knew I had three small children. She's like, I honestly don't believe you should open a yarn shop. Why don't you come and teach here with me? And let's kind of, you know, see how that goes. And so that's how I literally just jumped into teaching. I just started teaching at the yarn shop and I fell in love with it. I found that if I took patterns or techniques or whatever and just broke them down stitch by stitch or like step by step in a way that you could relate to, people liked it. And so people kept telling me I was a pretty good teacher. And I met Benjamin Levesay, who's the owner of XRX and Stitches uh, Expos. And I met him on a bus. And I I was cheeky enough to say, I'm a really good teacher. You should hire me. And um, he was like, oh, all right, all right, lady. And later on, he ran into me at the Bijou Basin booth. And Carl said, she's a really good teacher. You should hire her. And so he's like, all right, let's give her a shot. And then I started teaching first stitches for, I think I've taught there eight or nine years. Wow. And then this last year, I actually stepped back so that way I could coach my son's track team at here in Indiana. So because I was, as I said, a collegiate athlete, I was mm. a thrower, I was a shot put and discus thrower. And I promised my son that when he got to high school, I would not travel as much and I would be there for his football games. And so in doing so, the team contacted me and asked me if I would be interested in coaching also. And again, I just try and listen to what's going on around me. And I'm like, okay, well, I've already was going to step back. Now here's this opportunity to spend more time with my kids doing something that I love. So I'm going to do that too. So I'm not teaching externally anymore, but I'm doing this here. And um, regarding the YouTube channel, I think it's either been five or six years ago, I realized I kind of had to have a pivot in my business model. I talked to you earlier about, you know, just making sure all my income pies are all, all different areas. And essentially what happened was I was not very diverse. And at one point in time, I was nearly broke. And I had $25,000 out there that would eventually be coming in. But the way the industry worked, you didn't get paid until something was published. And I was like, this there's this is not good. And um, I talked to my friend Mikey over at the Crochet Crowd. And I talked to a jewelry a designer named Jill Wiseman. And both of them were like, you should really look into a YouTube channel. And so I contacted all the different yarn companies that I'm getting ready to do this YouTube channel. Could I get some yarn support? They said, great. And so I sent in my order to which I got a phone call from Red Heart. Hey, Marley, this is Bobby. This is a lot of yarn. What are you doing? So I explained <laughs> to Bobby what I was doing. And she said, that's that's amazing. Would you ever be interested in doing that for a yarn company? I said, well, of course, I'd be interested. Well, at the time, they had Mikey from the crochet crowd doing their crochet videos. So they needed knitting videos. <gasps> so remember, I was only doing crochet. So if I signed on, I had to figure out how to do the knitting on my own. So because that's the person I am, I decided, all right, I'll figure it out. Well, in the meantime, Mikey left Red Heart to go to Yarnspiration. So then Red Heart's, well, we have Marley. Let's have her do crochet too. So then I jumped in. I was doing crochet and knitting for Red Heart. Took all the money I made that year and built my own studio in the basement, to which my husband was like, we are bleeding money. What is happening? <laughs> like, he's freaking out. And I said, okay, I've been doing this you know, what, nine years at that point in time. And I said, I've never really invested into myself. This is the first chance I've gotten to do it. I'm reinvesting. 
And not to be cliche or anything, but I was like, if I build it, they'll come back. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> I need them to come back. And it's a good thing I did because it was from there that I got the Red Heart contract as a spokesperson and, and so on and so forth. So when I got onto YouTube, I really just tried to bring what I did in the classroom learning from Stitches, learning from Knit Knack, that was the name of the store, and, and just bring it to the computer and just try and connect with people. And I hope that people liked me. I try and make sure that I teach, you know, the correct words on things, the way, the correct way to do things without it being intimidating. Like, no, you can't do that. Here's what you do. Here's why you're doing it. Because that's really what I needed when I was learning. It was like, don't just tell me what to do. I need to understand why am I doing this? And how is this going to help me later on as I do another project? And so I've gotten some feedback, you know, oh, you talk too much, you do this. And I'm just like, hey, my normal comment to that is there's a lot of teachers here on YouTube. Hopefully you find one that works for you. Have a, have a nice time. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I'm just not the teacher for you. But there are other people who appreciate the fact that I do explain. And I try not to over explain or, or just talk to hear myself talk. I really am just trying to make better knitters and crocheters in general. And not just knitters and crocheters who can only follow my instructions, but can follow all instructions across all of the different patterns out there. Does that answer your question? Slightly. Yes. <laughs> you have to shepherd people through, don't you? When people are yes. learning a new skill, it can be quite yes. a painful process. And so you, I, I'm the same. You have a duty of care to go, look, this sucks. And this is a reason why we're doing it, yes. because in the end, you'll be grateful for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I get a feeling that with you, A, you've got a very supportive family. Uh, and yes. there's people on the YouTube chat who are saying, God bless your husband. And also what a natural teacher you are, what a legend you are, how nice you are, what a difference you made to their lives. Wow, cetera, that makes me feel great. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of love for you in the YouTube right now. Um, but no, I, I get the feeling that when people know you, and they see that you're on a mission, then it's all they can do to just give you the energy to do that and step back and just watch you yeah. go. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. So like I just a couple of days ago, I learned about this personality test called the Enneagram, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. And so you essentially answer all these questions and it spits out of, you know, here's the type of person you are. And I'm a number three. So if any of you want to look it up, what number three is, it's called the Achiever. Uh-huh. that's a hundred percent me. Like you, you listen to the, and I'm just like my daughter, my daughter was listening to it. She goes, Oh, look, that's Marley bird. And I was like, dude, you're so right. Like that's, it's exactly what I am. And it's very much of, I'm on a mission to be successful, to be the best. Everything I do, it's, it's a game. It's, I want to win. It's just, it's my nature. It's how I've always been. I want to be the best at what I do. And I am a hundred percent in it. Um, which God bless my husband for real, because he allows me to do that. And there are times he's like, hey, am I going to see you this week? <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> don't forget about us. But it's just, that's just who I am. I am 100% going for it. You know, rah, rah, cheerleader, just that person. I don't, I don't know. Like, it's exactly who I am. But yeah, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a number three with a strong number eight, which is where I call out people on injustices and stuff. And, Oof. you know, I'm a big defender. And I'm also yeah, a Scorpio. Like, if you do, like, the whole horoscope thing. So I'm a Scorpio. So I'm very, very dedicated to you. Like, you know, I'm a friend for life. But if you do something to hurt me or my family, you are dead to me now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm very full of... um. I'm full of emotion. I'm one of those people, too, that, like, if I get really upset about something, like, I cry. So I'm that girl that's like, oh, she's always crying. It's like, no, I have so many emotions inside. They have to release somewhere. Mm. And they always come out in tears. And it's just it just always happens that way, which is frustrating. But, 
you know, it is what it is. This is who I am. Take it or leave it. I'm pretty awesome, I think. So Seems <laughs> hopefully like you'll take are it. Taking it. Yeah, right, yeah. We think you're pretty awesome too. Well, thank you. It is just one of those incredibly unique talents to be able to teach and to be able to convey something as complicated, frankly, as knitting and crochet. You know, it's a real gift. It's a gorgeous thing to be able to do. Thank you. And then on top of that, You've been a podcast host for what four hundred and seventy-seven episodes now, as well, or something. It's like, been a lot before. I bet you were like the third podcast out there, or something. I right? was the first crochet podcast um, on iTunes way back in the day. Yeah, I mean that's where it started. So it's weird because you know I transitioned from a podcast to a video podcast because it just made sense to me to transfer it over to the audience where I really was spending a lot of time and it's always been <laughs> it's always been sort of a um selfish reason to do with podcasts because I got <laughs> to interview <laughs> people that I wanted to meet so mm, I got to interview right yeah, yeah right <laughs> and it, so yeah like it very much was a very selfish thing it was like I want to interview this person how can I do that oh I could do it on the podcast so then I get to learn about these people that I admire and and the, the world gets to essentially be a fly on the wall and then from there I love giving things away like you know the whole Oprah sort of thing like I love giving things away so for a long time I don't even know when it started We've always done where there's something given away each podcast, you know, so people could listen in and have a prize, whether they were listening live or listening to or leaving a comment later on. And so I don't know, it's just over the years, that's just really what it's been. I'm not really that person that's going to sit down and just have a cup of coffee chatting with you. Now, that's not to say that might not happen in the future with the podcast. I don't know. Like right now, I'm sort of last week, the week before last, I was like, okay, I'm going on a break for the podcast for the until December for the podcast part. Now that's not to say I'm not going to come back and jump in live on YouTube whenever just to chit chat or whatnot. I just needed a break away from the rigid schedule of it. Mm. Um, Again, because my assistant left and it was like, something's got to give. <laughs> and so that was what had to give. And yeah, I've been doing it a long time, a long time. It's quite fascinating. I did a little podcast for a while back in 2011, I want to say. Did like 25 episodes. It was called Stitching and Junk. I don't think you can find it now, which is probably for the best. <laughs> but it's fascinating to have, you know, been involved then and you could sort of see there was a bit of a surge of it. But now, and I mean, certainly since COVID and all that sort of stuff, it's gone gangbusters, hasn't it? It's quite incredible. Yeah. The amount of traffic and such on the internet, whether it's with the YouTube channel or the my website or whatever it is, it's... It's intense. You know, we talked about, you know, some people are losing their jobs and they're at home or they're at home because of COVID and, you know, they still have their jobs and such. So I didn't lose my job, thank God. And my job just got a lot harder because I mean, I'm in the teaching business, but I am in the entertainment business too, right? And I'm not a Debbie Downer. I'm very much let's keep everybody up and active and excited about what life has for us as much as possible. So my job got harder because it, it just felt like there was that need. There was that need for me to be online to say, okay, the world feels like it's burning in a fire. But hey, we're here. We're mm. going to recognize that there's things going on in the world. Absolutely. I'm not turning a blind eye. But let's find some sort of a, a, a happy place where we can. Um, still recognizing the things that are going crazy around us. Mm. I don't know. It seems like, I mean, again, that's, it's funny how it ties back, doesn't it? Because your degree is in what speech communication. Yeah. And here you are, almost, you know, you're teaching, you're doing all this production and all those sorts of things. And you're this voice of like positivity that, and we've talked about this on so many episodes, haven't we? The connection between like positive states of mind and the production of things mm. with your hands and all those sorts of things. It's like, you're like a gathering together of all these elements. Yeah. <laughs> 
my mom, when I told her I was going to be a speech communication major, she was like, what are you going to do with that? Like, she was very furious. <laughs> so now I was like, mom, I made it. You know, <laughs> so it's, it's interesting. Never, I mean, never did I think that I'd be doing something with yarn when I was in college, which I've since went back to my track coach, my college track coach. And I said, do you remember when you used to laugh at me? Cause I was the one crocheting on the bus on the way to Utah for a track meet or something. And I said, well, you know, today I just signed a contract to be a national spokesperson for uh, the biggest yarn company. And they, he was like, this is amazing. And I said, you just never know where what you do today is going to take you to where you, you know, what's going to happen later on. Like, I didn't know any of this was going to happen. I just knew I really liked it. I wanted to be here. It's like, this is where I'm supposed to be. I know it. I know it in my heart of hearts. I know that my degree in professional dance is going to kick in at some point. <laughs> It's just, Jamie, everyone has wanted to learn to tap dance. It's only a matter of time. It's just a question of time till that comes back into fashion, I swear to God. I tell you what's interesting as well, and we've sort of found with various people that we've spoken to, is obviously during this awful sort of COVID patch where everybody's been in lockdown, it has brought people back to our crafts, you know. Yes. And people who, you know, before that wouldn't have had a go and would have sort of thought, oh, I don't want to do that. Knitting's for grannies. I don't want to learn to crochet. And all of a sudden they're rediscovering these crafts for the fantastic occupation that they are. I mean, it's so addictive and it's so much fun that I think it has brought this sort of resurgence. And that's been fantastic for us. Yes. Definitely, like for the cross-stitchers with Jamie. I mean, you you must have had lots of people re-sort of engaging with cross-stitch, Jamie. And Molly, you must have had new people coming onto the, oh, the podcast. and stuff. Yeah. Well, like my number one video on YouTube is a beginner crochet, kind of a beginner crochet blanket. You essentially learn to crochet and you make a blanket. Yeah. And it's going like gangbusters. My my learn to knit videos with my mom that are amazing. They're hilarious. If you ever get a chance to watch them, she's she's, she's a hoot. She's so funny. And she looks younger than me. Yes, please don't leave a comment with that because it makes me feel awful. <laughs> she gets a kick out of it, but I'm like, really? But those are going like crazy because people, they're eager to learn. Were you always a maker when you were really little? Did you used to yeah. make loads of stuff? Yes. So because of Facebook, I've reconnected with some of my elementary friends. And they reminded me that in like first and second grade, I used to have a skein of red heart, rainbow red heart yarn. And I would finger knit like long scarves at recess because <laughs> I thought it was the coolest thing. I made a lot of friendship bracelets. Growing up, I used to go to garage sales. Do you guys have garage sales out there? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I'd buy puzzles. And so usually there's always a couple pieces missing in the puzzle. So I would use the puzzle pieces and I would hot glue those to earring backs and to barrettes. And then I would sell those at craft fairs. So mm -hmm. you would have like a set of like these really colorful pieces of puzzles that were barrettes and earrings. I'm writing that down. Sometimes That's great. I, would, okay. I know, right? Sometimes <laughs> I would use like puff paint or sparkle paint to like make them Something. I mean, I just, I've always been very creative in that side of stuff. I've just always loved it. When I used to babysit, I used to make my own board games. Like I would buy like poster board and make a game of some sort with like cards. And, and I would take that to wherever I was babysitting so we could play a new game to them. Oh, yeah. Gosh. It's, it's, it's so interesting to like think back of that stuff where it was just like, it's just what I did. And then now where I am here, it's, um, I don't know. It's amazing. It's amazing. 
No, I was just going to say, like, there seems like there's a sort of throughput as well. You know, I take satisfaction in the fact that maybe I can't do any cross-stitch at the moment, but I produce a magazine once a quarter. So there's a new a new thing and a new thing and a new thing. And, I mean, I guess with the amount of individual things you're producing, be it patterns or podcasts or whatever, you get that same thing as well. Do you find that you don't spend a lot of time going backwards? Yeah, I like that there's a finish line with something and I move to the next and I move to the next and I move to the next. Um, yeah, I don't do a lot of backwards. I like I like being able to continue moving forward, learning more things. Like I'm learning on top of everything I'm doing right now. I'm going through this entire course of how to better my, my internet presence, funny enough. And I feel like I'm always pivoting. About every five years, I have to pivot in some way to stay relevant. Do you also then have to trust your creative instincts? Because I often find that as I'm getting towards the end of a particular project, the idea for another project is starting to creep around the corner or whatever. And I guess a lot of the time you learn to just go with that instinct more, right? Yes. Mm. Oh, absolutely. My husband is very balanced. He's a very balanced individual. Um, He's a Libra. You know, everything is very balanced and, and, and whatnot. And so I like to to throw ideas off of him. And he usually will wrangle me in like, okay, this is good. You need to be patient with what you're doing right here. You know, don't, don't move on to that next. Now I'm not saying I always listen to him, but I do, (laughs) I do just bounce him off of him a little bit, but yeah, that's where I am. So what's on the horizon now? What's coming around the curve now for you? Yeah, what's coming up? One of the million things. Okay. So what do I have coming on? Well, right now I'm doing the Joanne stitch along. It's a stitch along for six weeks. So there's videos for that on my YouTube channel. I'm working on two books with Leisure Arts right now. I have a knit along crochet along that will happen the first week of November for Yarnspirations. Then I have the turkey trot, which is over Thanksgiving Day weekend. I had the turkey Uh, trot once, but I wasn't going to mention that. It was very (laughs) unsightly. Yeah, so we're going to do the turkey trot. So it'll start the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and it ends the Monday after Thanksgiving. And in that time frame, I have special Black Friday, Cyber Monday stuff happening. Exclusive limited edition products that I've worked with my best friend from Erin Lane Bags to put together. So I'll have that stuff going. And then over the month of December, I do 24 days of quickies with Marley Bird and Friends. Each day, people can come to my website and you'll see who the new designer is that is offering a free pattern. So last year, we had one crochet pattern and one knit pattern each day. This year, we'll have two crochet patterns and one knit pattern each day. So you'll come to my, it'll be the same page every day. You'll come over, it'll say like, oh, Brianna Kay is today's crochet designer and Hearthook Home is the other crochet designer and Marley Bird. And so you'll click there, it'll take you to their page, which will give you the free pattern and a free PDF download for that one day. So the idea there is, look, it's 24 days until Christmas. Everybody is frantically trying to crochet and knit things. Here are some quick patterns that we have. They are our gift to you that if you want to make them, they'd be great gifts for you to make that you can make them for the holidays. So it's a great coopetition event with all of my my fellow colleagues, you know, because we're all in competition for everybody's time and, and whatnot. But you'll find that a lot of crochet designers, especially, will collaborate quite a bit. And there's not really it's competition, but you're collaborating. So you're you're. Anyways, yeah. I mean, that those are all of the things that I can think of. Oh, and the stocking stuffer event. <laughs> the oh, end of October. Stocking stuffer. Yeah, at the end of October, that is also, there's a limited edition bag that's going to be there. But that is Caitlin, my old assistant, is coming back. And she is connected with a lot of different companies of these are great stocking stuffers for knitters and crocheters. It's a one day sort of podcast that we show, like, here's this. And then most of them give you either a coupon code or a free prize of, so it's a great way for you to add to your list of what's available. I think that's everything. There and you then go. you rest. 
God. Maybe. Well, that it's January. That's a whole nother whole nother ball of wax. Like who knows? Who knows what's gonna happen? This is this yeah. is our most important season. That's the thing. You just it's yeah. just perfect knitting weather and crochet weather. It perfect is. yarn weather. But it must be perfect stitching weather, Jamie. It's the summer when there's gin and stitching. I think oh, that's really? the combination really. Yeah, I reckon <gasps> so. Sit out in a hammock, do some stitching, fall asleep because you drank too much gin. Perfect. Sweet, Sounds sweet good one, to right? me. Um, Sounds I've like only, a great day. <laughs> it is how we roll. That's why I don't get much work done is to keep falling asleep drunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to uh, pivot slightly myself. The X jet, which is my corporate jet that flies around the world. Uh, I've come to pick you up and take you out for dinner. So after dinner, we decide to fly back to where you live now for a little snack. Do we go okay. to Jack's Donuts or do we go to Handel's Handmade Ice Cream? Handles, pistachio Handle. ice cream. So good. <gasps> they have a black cherry ice cream and a uh, pistachio ice cream that I love getting combined together. Oh, that's a they gorgeous are combination. I haven't been to Jack's, but Handles is amazing. Mm, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> I don't know if you've got any last questions, Marion. The thing is, we could sit here and talk for mm. hours. We could go yeah. on and on and on, and then we could go out for dinner, and then we go out for drinks, and then we carry on talking. <laughs> we sounds yeah. delightful. Sort of thing. We could just carry on. I'm just so mm. excited that we've finally got to talk to you and found out all the fantastic things that you're doing oh i'm so so honored will you come and do something with us at lovecrafts i know i would love to our lovecrafts audience would just love you i think they would be so thrilled if we could do something together i think that would be great i think it would be awesome and i can't wait to see your finished sock like you've got to finish that sock (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> it looks like you're up to like what we call the German short rows, which the German just called short rows, which I've been informed. <laughs> That's exactly where I am. But then other things took over. I have about t- sort of 10 pairs of socks half done. Me too. <laughs> Marion is often in a state of sexual tension. <laughs> Man, I got socks everywhere. I totally, I hear that. Absolutely. Are you guys experiencing the pocket shawl like craze out there? Oh, do you know what? Like, Everybody under the sun out here is making a pocket shawl. They're just so lovely, aren't they? They're just, wow, a short of the swan show. <laughs> I love the pocket <laughs> shawl. I'm just like, the thing is, you could actually never stop, couldn't you? You could just right. knit and crochet everything 24 hours a day. Absolutely. I'm pretty certain Stephen West does that. <laughs> like, yes. You want to talk about prolific. That kid, wow. Like, he's always got something going on, but... Yeah, so everybody who likes the pocket shawls, you definitely want to join me for the turkey trot. That's just a little something oh, out there. Oh, everybody, mm. make right. sure you make a little note. That was a sneaky peek. There you, you go. On the Lovecraft <laughs> show. There you go. <laughs> haven't said it anywhere. What a perfect end to the first season of the Lovecraft oh. show. We couldn't oh. have had it any better. Please come back on here again. I would the love start to. of the second season and maybe just every let me, episode hey, that works. We're just like, and we're still talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This live stream is 25 days old now. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> listen, you're joking, but it could happen. Thank you so much. Um, Absolutely. It's been a blast, hasn't it, Marion? Oh, it's been so exciting. I'm going to be, but I'm buzzing for days now. I'm really. I think she's going to have to go for a little run around the garden, aren't you? Or something. I will. I'm going to have to. Yeah, I'm going to have to do something. I'm going to have to just go through all my stash now and think. Oh, what else? I'm going to make that jumper that Marley's got on. That's right. What I'm going to do. <laughs> the minute it yes. comes out, yeah, I love it. People are quite excited about it. 
Hey, everybody, I'm so happy you listened to the podcast. And now that you've learned a little bit about me, why not enter for a chance to win 10 of my patterns, knitting or crochet your choice? Thanks for listening. I have a a striped knit sweater that's coming out. I have a garter stitch knit sweater coming out. I have, I mean, there's, I have a lot of knitting stuff coming out too. So, because I am by crafty. So that's I it. I thought it was by yarn you all, but you're right. You're by crafty. By crafty. I am by crafty. By crafty or by stitchable. Yeah, by stitchable. Absolutely love it. Do you know, I remember when sort of, when Lovecrafts first began, it was just love knitting. And then we had love crochet and then it mm-hmm. all became love crafts. But I remember, you know, so like six, seven years ago, the two things never came close together. You know, no. you just didn't mix up knitting and crochet. Now it's a world of knitting them together and mixing those crafts up. It's brilliant. Yep. yep. It's amazing. You'd find there are a lot of bi crafty people out yeah. there who have felt like they've had to, you know, you're only a crochet or you're only a knitter. But I've always been like, like it's a yarn thing. I'm like, it's not about whether I knit or crochet with it. It's purely the yarn. Like the yarn is mesmerizing to me. I mean, <laughs> I went to a store yesterday just for one ball of yarn. I walked out with 15. Like, it's a <laughs> yeah. true problem. And I'm not even joking. Like, it's that's the truth. Like, it's a problem. It's Especially when you steal them, right? That's the... <laughs> Yeah, really. Sure, we're not telling anybody that one. Um, but it yeah, is, it's, it's very addictive. It really, and you're right. It's a you know what it thing. is. It's the possibilities that come with it. Like yes. you buy that ball of yarn. It's not just this wonderful, soft, great ball of yarn. It's the possibilities that can that yarn can be made into. And I think, especially right now, we all need that. Like that, what can be? That what can we create? What can we make beautiful? And the yarn really just drives that home so purchasing the yarn itself is its own hobby but then the whole idea and aspiration of what is this going to be and then actually getting to make it and then actually getting to wear it and do it and all over again that's i mean that gets me going that rose my boat man i love it it's a yarn thing i think that's a perfect place a perfect place to end i think you're right i think you're right that's been epic marley honestly thank you so much you're welcome you're welcome thanks guys marley you are a legend well jamie there we are that's episode 20 all wrapped up marley was excellent wasn't she she was amazing i knew she would be i can't believe we've got another seven hours of unheard footage that's (laughs) going to be amazing when we use that later on she truly has been a dream to chat to and such a busy woman like the icing on a sort of dreamy cake that has had 20 layers 20 slices 20 amazing 20 slices I would just like to say thank you to all of our extremely special guests. I've been enriched and enlightened and thrilled and at moments very fangirly <laughs> all the way through this season of the podcast. Despite being stone cold in my soul and unemotional at every occasion, I too have found it a heartwarming experience. <laughs> it's been great. It's been such a lovely mix of people, people you never thought we'd meet, people who you have strange connections with almost immediately. And I hope that for everyone who's listened, it's been as rewarding for them as it has been for us. I hope so. And, you know, here's to the future. We are planning for season two. Mm. And I just, I can't wait to talk to some more really interesting people. It's going to be so good. Yeah. So I hope that everybody's enjoyed themselves. I want to thank the listeners for being there. My (laughs) mum. Thank you, Andrea. And thank you so much to all of our listeners and everybody that's tuned in and jollied along with us along the way. And thank you for the emails that you sent us and the comments. 
please don't forget us over the over this little festive break. We'll be back for a Christmas show and a very exciting season two. It's going to be very exciting. So yeah, thanks to everybody who's been there. So in closing, doing something a little bit different this time, Marion. Hold on to your hats. Oh, My on. name is Mr. X Stitch. And I'm Marino. It's the end of season one, and look how far we've come. Like a bolt from the blue, we've brought Lovecraft to you, and here's a shout-out to my mum. We've had great guests, and oh, how we've laughed, as we've explored several aspects of craft. From knitting to stitch, we're scratching that itch with shows both uplifting and daft. We've seen paper cutting that rocks, and how to crochet frocks. We've seen cross-stitch that's rude, and crisps in your food, and Marion's addiction to socks. But it's you, listener dear, we adore, and we hope that you'll come back for more. Season two will be ace, so just listen this space. You know, like, watch this space, but we're audible. Yeah. I'm there. So let's make Lovecraft, baby, not war. Thank you very much. That was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. (laughs) 